The LA Clippers are finally on the board with James Harden after a thrilling third in-season tournament game. The first one at the Staples Center for the Clippers and James Harden finished the game in the most poetic fashion possible, hitting a game-winning step-back three Four-point play against his former team. What were the keys to unlocking James Harden's best game as a Clipper? And Russell Westbrook to the bench. So much to talk about on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in LA and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I have a video of the atmosphere at the game, what fans thought about Russell Westbrook going to the bench, and the reactions post game, the game winning shot, and more. And locked on Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what your thoughts were, not only on the game, but on Russell Westbrook going going to the bench and in this episode we're going to be talking about that gonna start with the game because you know I was gonna do an episode or I I should say I realized that going into the weekend or going into this game we had the big news that Russell Westbrook is going to be coming off the bench and I wanted to do an episode about it but I realized I really didn't have time so we're just gonna have to weave in the Russ news with this game, this post-game episode. So let's just talk about the game first, and then at the end I'll talk about the decision to put Westbrook on the bench and how it was made and all the conflicting stories about it. But let's just talk about this game. Clearly the best game of the James Harden era as the result shows. But I always said my biggest problem with the trade was that I did not believe that these four could all coexist as in, in the starting lineup. I repeated it over and over again ad nauseum. And people were rebuttaling me saying, oh, well, James Harden and Westbrook played together in Houston. And I kept saying to them, we have Paul, George, and Kawhi. The shot distribution is just not going to be all there for everybody. It's not going to be the best for the team. And Westbrook and Harden together with other stars is pretty clunky. So we've all seen now that the best combinations are with one of Westbrook or Harden in, not both of them in together. And what was shocking to me was in this game, even though James Harden started and Westbrook came off the bench, they still shared the floor for a bit in each half. I'll get into that a little later. But what a finish, huh? A neck-and-neck game. Clippers had their lead in the third quarter. Then the Rockets had their lead in the fourth quarter. It felt like it was slipping away. Clippers were turning the ball over just a little too much, playing very slow and weren't getting many easy baskets. Defensively, they were actually pretty good, not bad. I thought Ivica Zubats, especially in the fourth quarter, which I'll talk about in the second segment, had maybe his best quarter of the season. But it was the best balance from the most amount of stars since... I I don't want to confuse people. Let me just clarify the best balance from 
any combination of the big four since the big four have come together. And that was shown by James Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard in this one, not Russell Westbrook. All three of them putting up 20-plus points. James Harden with 24 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. And th- this is a typical James Harden, like, great game stat line. 24-9-7 and seven on 8-for-11 shooting. So he really only missed 3 shots, which is amazing to think about. And then 2-for-4 from deep to go along with 6-for-7 from the line. And he was a team high plus 21 in his 34 minutes. So without a doubt, first game without Russell Westbrook in the starting lineup, you now don't have to worry about getting him the ball. James Harden gets to really run the show as the point guard. And you see what he's capable of doing, creating great shots in the pick and roll. Our best pick and roll player since Chris Paul. He can't really get downhill the same way he used to, obviously, but still has more downhill ability than a lot of our team. And then, how about that last possession? And those last couple of possessions, I don't want to let people forget, just because he made the game-winning shot doesn't mean he didn't do other things in the fourth quarter. He actually played 11 minutes, I'm sorry, 8 minutes in that fourth quarter and had 4 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. One thing I got to give him, he did a really good job rebounding in this game. Just being in the right place at the right time and being in, anticipating shots well, Nine rebounds from a guard. You love to see that. And James Harden's always been one of the better rebounders. I think Westbrook is a better rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. But Harden is still a good one, you know, compared to Reggie Jackson. If we're going back to last year, it's a huge upgrade. Then you talk about the plays he was making down the stretch. There was one play where he was in a pick and roll and threw the lob to Zoo. And then to give us the lead... He had a crossover on Fred Van Vliet right to left and then dropped it off to Ivica Zubat. So you're starting to see James Harden's passing ability, and there was a really good angle behind the basket of the pass that he made to Zoo to give us a one-point lead with about, I want to say, a minute left in the game, maybe 50 seconds left in the game, where you just see James Harden's eyes looking at the basket, and then at the very last second, he looks at Zoo. So just great misdirection and keeping your defender on their toes by using your eyes. You know, young hoopers, if you're listening, Use your eyes. Misdirection. Don't telegraph your passes. And Harden, you don't really get to see the eyes when you're watching on TV. But, and I, you know, obviously at the game, you don't really see it unless you're really close. And I wasn't in the building. A sellout again, by the way. So first sellout with James Harden. First game was not because it was on a Sunday afternoon. That probably contributed. But this one was packed house. Best atmosphere of the season. Really energized. Friday night. In-season tournament court, which was actually pretty easy on the eyes in person it's just the logo in the middle i'm not a huge fan of how basic the clips looks but big plays down the stretch from harden and then one thing he does have over westbrook no doubt about it is his ability to make free throws at a high clip and he makes me very confident at the line and speaking of free throws actually that's one thing the clippers in the last two games have really annoyed me with 21 for 30 in this game 70 percent the rockets fans were complaining that the, the refs handed the Clippers the game. And it's funny because I'm such a Clipper fan. I'm seeing things from a Clippers-centric view. And I also didn't watch the game on TV yet. I haven't done a rewatch. So if I, I definitely will do a rewatch before Monday so we can talk about anything I missed on the Monday show for a little bit. But, I, I mean, of course, when I'm at the game and adrenaline is pumping through me and alcohol as well, and I'm on my feet the whole game in 207. And by the way, 4-1 and one record at home so far. For the Clips. Night games, we are undefeated. So maybe it's those Saturday mat- Sunday matinee game curse again coming back. But 
the point is, with all that adrenaline, sometimes you don't get to see the calls or the replays of missed calls. And the NBA released their last two-minute report, and the, there was a foul on James Harden against Alperin Shingun when Shingun had the ball at the three-point line late in the game, which led to a shot clock violation. And then Kawhi Leonard's steal, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard made huge plays back-to-back defensively. Paul George had that block against Jalen Green in transition, and then Kawhi Leonard ripped the ball. I don't remember if it was Jalen Green or Jabari Smith that he took the ball from in that right corner. So, you know, Clippers definitely getting a little bit of luck with the officiating, I guess, but how often have I said that in my life? So I don't feel bad for anybody. I got two words for you. Actually, it's more than two words. 2014 Western Conference Semifinals Game 5. I can go on and on about certain games too, by the way. How about Game 3 against the Suns last year? All right, never mind. I can go on all day. The point is, James Harden, what a shot, right? Kawhi Leonard was having a better game. It felt like he was more in rhythm, just not having a fourth star to worry about in the starting lineup. And defensively, I thought he was pretty stellar as well. Look look at Kawhi's stats. 26 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 steals. 5 steals again. So, I don't remember if it was against Memphis where he had 5 steals. I think it was. But, or was it against Denver? One of those two games, he had 5 steals. 1 block. He did turn the ball over 3 times. And I have to say, you know, the Stars have to do a better job taking care of the ball. You had three turnovers from James Harden, all of them in the first quarter. And when he had those in the first, I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. (laughs) Three turnovers for James, three turnovers for Kawhi, three turnovers for Paul, and two for Russ. As you would expect, by the way, nobody besides Zubats turned the ball over besides those guys, just one time Zubats, and then a couple of team turnovers. But overall, let's look at the turnover numbers. 17 for the Rockets, 14 for the Clippers. It's so funny because I was checking when I was at the game and the Clippers were had more turnovers than them the whole night. So it looks like at the end of the game, Clippers took over on that in that respect. Both teams shot 43% from the field. The Clippers shot 38% from three. The Rockets, 32% from three. And both teams shot 70% from the line. Clippers shot 21 for 30 and Rockets shot 14 for 20. So an extra seven makes for the Clips, and an extra 10 attempts for the Clips. The rebounding battle was dead even at 47, but the Clippers, you know, it was just a slower pace with James. It was what you'd expect. Ty Lue said before the game, I don't really care about pace anymore. Just get a good shot. Just make sure you have a flow to your offense, and I have to admit, it was very slow, very, a lot of no-pass possessions. I don't think it was very smooth. Clippers got to do a better job moving the ball. And that's not all on James Harden at all. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard are guilty of it as well. You can even look at the last possession of the game. Kawhi Leonard was not doing anything. He was just dribbling in place on the right wing against Jabari Smith. The whole right side of the floor was cleared out for him. And the left side, they were pulling over at the nail away from Harden to help off of him. But I thought Kawhi was going to try to go hard right and then pull up. Didn't want to do that. Went for the three. Pump faked. Had Jabari Smith in the air. Then threw it to Harden with five on the shot clock. Guy like Norman Powell or Paul George would have taken the catch and shoot three. Of course, James Harden not super comfortable with that catch and shoot three. There was a play in the first half where he caught the ball in the corner. And he passed up the catch and shoot three. And the whole crowd groaned. So, as I've repeated on, on several podcasts so far... The Clipper fans, it's it's going to take some time to warm up to James Harden because he started out 0-4 before he even played a f- one home game for us. And a lot of fans didn't really want James Harden. So the Russell Westbrook thing, it was more instantaneous. 
where the Clippers started liking him because you saw, you know, animated he was that first game, interacting with the crowd, and then second highest scoring game in NBA history. So you started to see, oh, this could be good. Whereas Harden, it's taking a little more time, but no better way to gain some favor with fans than make a game-winning four-point play in front of a sold-out crowd. I mean, what an amazing shot, right? That that extra step step back that you would never have seen in the NBA 15 years ago, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, but would have been a travel. By the letter of the law, now it is legal for anybody wondering. And James Harden made that move a thing. And for him to hit his old team with it, that he did that move with so many times and make that shot, I mean, what a shot. And you know what? As as much as I'm a Russell Westbrook kind of uh, – what not a Russell Westbrook fan in the sense that, you know, I'm not a stan of Russ. I'm not a guy that follows him wherever he goes. I'm Clippers through and through. But I was, you know, pro-Russ. I think there's no, no doubt in my mind Russ does not hit a shot like that. It's just a simple fact. So, James Harden, big-time shot. But coming up, going to be talking about the other guys. How about Ivica Zubas' performance in that fourth quarter? And then later, Russell Westbrook and his situation. Going to be talking about that coming up. This episode of Locked on Clippers is brought to you by BetterHelp. The end of the year can be tough. You reflect on your year. Sometimes you may have not accomplished all the goals that you set out to. And you might be struggling. You might need someone to talk to and might need someone to help you get on your feet to get back in the right mindset for that coming year. This time of year can be a lot and it's natural to feel sad about some kinds of things or some kind of anxiety. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings and make it a lot better. Therapy can be a bright spot amidst all of the stress and change. And it can give you something to look forward to, someone to talk to, and somebody you can feel safe with. I've had some moments in life where I've gone to therapy and it's helped me in those situations and you can do the same. And I think I should, or I suggest you go to BetterHelp to give it a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you feel like you haven't found the right one for you yet, find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Let's talk about the other guys and just the sequence of the game. So first quarter, I thought it was a pretty good start for the Clips. 29 to 23 first, you started to see that better balance that I've talked about so many times that we, I'm not a fan of four star kind of teams. And for all those that are saying, stop saying Russ is a star, he's not a star. It doesn't matter. Look at the, look at the hoopla around everything surrounding this team and Russ and the decision to bench him. That is that some, if that's just a guy that's never made the all-star team ever once in his life, or maybe even once in his life, do you think it would be that big a deal? So no, it doesn't matter if you think he's a star or not. The team respects him like one. The media respects him like one. And he still has performances on a given night that are star-like. So my point is, when you have four guys that are used to having the ball in their hands, and it's not a seamless fit, which everybody can see now that I've been saying for months, I'm not a huge fan of it. But three guys, we've seen that work plenty of times in NBA history. And I never said once, never said once that James Harden is a bad fit next to Kawhi and Paul George. I just am not sure, and I think only time will tell, whether 
James Harden's a better fit than Russ with them because, you know, the pros and cons with them are Russ is going to push pace, which Paul George seems to like, but Kawhi Leonard maybe not as much, and try to get us some easy baskets. You know, it didn't feel like we were getting many easy baskets in the game yesterday, and also it makes our defense better, makes us more athletic, so it feels like we can swarm teams and go from defense to offense quicker. So those would be the pros for Russ. Also, even though Russ is a good passer, he's not much of a pick-and-roll player anymore, and he never was the best pick-and-roll player. But now, you know, he's more of coming up the court, looking for Kawhi and Paul George to get him into quick actions and hit him off screens and stuff like that. Whereas James Harden comes up the court, he can create more in the pick-and-roll, being one of the best pick-and-roll players. So two different approaches. The main thing that people like about Harden is that he can space the floor, right? That he's a better shooter. That's really the one thing that he has that Russ doesn't. Because overall, I think Russ actually does more things off the ball in the sense that he's a better offensive rebounder. He's a much better roller. Like, James Harden's not a roller. He's not going to catch the ball and off of coming off a screen and drive full speed and make a play right now. It's just not, that's not who he is. He can't really elevate that well. Whereas Westbrook can catch the ball going downhill and guys will not even go up for the block because they're scared. Sometimes that'll happen. Harden, that's not happening. So, you know, there's, I think Westbrook could be used in more ways off the ball, but James Harden might just be better in the simple sense that he can shoot the ball from outside. So have your debates on that. Point is, this seems like it's going to be the route for the Clippers going forward. I mean, they got Russell Westbrook on a buyout and then re-signed him for the cheap. James Harden's getting paid $35 million, and they traded a fan favorite and two really solid defensive wings for him. So, and a pick. So it's kind of a bad look if they don't play him. And James Harden, I've said since 2017, sorry Westbrook fans, that he's better than Westbrook. I've said that. I just didn't know if he was the better fit. And I'm not going to say he is after one game. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't really matter because the decision has been made and now Harden's that guy. And I thought that in the first quarter, the distribution, shots-wise, was a lot better. Kawhi Leonard was getting going a bit. Paul George was getting going a bit. And it was Paul George in the first half that really led the way for the Clips. Being aggressive, had 13 points at halftime. Cooled down a bit in that second half. But actually, it was 13 points in the first quarter for Paul. Five for nine and two for five from three. He was really aggressive. Kawhi only had one shot in the first and made the three. And, and then Terrence Mann. I haven't even mentioned him once so far. Starting for the first time this season, and it was just great to see somebody pick up full court. Like somebody with that kind of defensive attitude picking up Fred Van Vliet full court. And then we saw James Harden guarding Jabari Smith. Zubats guarding Shingun. By the way, Shingun, what a player. What a young player. Can shoot the ball. Great passer for a big man. Can put the ball on the deck. Good post game. Been putting in work with Akeem Olajuwon over the last year or so. Very special young player over there in Houston that I, I really like. And then who was guarding Dylan Brooks? I think it was Kawhi guarding DB and then Paul George guarding Jalen Green. And then sometimes they'd start possessions with Kawhi guarding Jalen Green. But it was mainly Terrence Mann on Fred Van Vliet. And I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid. Our defense definitely looked better. And I also got to give a shout out to James Harden. I've been saying in the, in the podcast that Harden has only given us one good quarter of defense per game. And then after that, it's just awful. This game, he was passable the entire way. I thought he made some decent rotations, more so on the perimeter than around the basket. His rotations around the basket are non-existent. Whereas Russ, he actually is much better at rotating around the basket. But 
He didn't really get beat that much off the bounce, James Harden. He wasn't put in that many pick-and-roll situations defending, which is good because you don't want him you know, navigating screens and stuff like that. And his effort was pretty solid throughout the game. And as I said, the rebounding was big. So one aspect of defense is ending possessions and rebounding is a way to do that. So if James Harden can consistently give the Clippers that kind of effort through four quarters defensively, it really increases or raises the ceiling of the team. Let's talk about the substitution pattern. So Russell Westbrook came in the game with Terrence, I'm sorry, with Norman Powell and Daniel Tice, who made his Clipper debut, which was amazing because he just got cleared off waivers earlier Friday afternoon. And he comes in and plays and actually does okay. Deterred a couple of shots at the rim, even though he got postered a couple times. He did deter some shots, and he's just out there to give some, you know, be a big body on defense and give us some spot minutes, and that's exactly what he did. Now, the P.J. Tucker at the five stuff, we saw a little bit of that. Not a fan, and fans are already calling P.J. Tucker Ty Lue's new Marcus Morris. I mean, if there was anyone I could single out that I thought wasn't great on defense, because I thought Harden wasn't bad. I thought Westbrook defensively was pretty good, actually. It was P.J. Tucker. It felt like he was just getting blown by left and right. Like, Houston just had way too much quickness off the bounce for him. But anyway, so those three came in the game at the 439 mark of the first quarter for Zoo, Terrence, and Paul, which shocked me because I thought Russ was going to play with Paul. He was playing with Harden and Kawhi, which I found interesting. And the Clippers were up 18-15 to when that happened. And then the sub was made at 237 to take Kawhi out, put in P.J. Tucker. And then James Harden came out at the 158 mark of the first quarter for Paul George. So about three minutes played together, Russ and Harden, and it was no difference in the score. We were up by five when, when Russ came in the game. I'm sorry, we were up by three when Russ came in the game, and then we were up by five when James Harden came out of the game. So we actually were plus two in those first half minutes. And then as far as those second unit minutes, the second quarter wasn't very good, to be honest. The Rockets outscored the Clippers 27-19. to Russ... Didn't have the best game. I thought he took a couple of bad shots. Too many threes. I've said over and over again that I think that Russ shouldn't take more than three threes a game unless he's made two of those three. And he was two for six. I just think some bad shots. And just not as much of what you've become accustomed to seeing of Russell Westbrook as a clipper, which is getting assists because he's playing with Kawhi and Paul. And, you know, part of me is thinking that Maybe Paul George and Kawhi Leonard help Russell Westbrook just as much as he helps them. And, you know, the Kawhi fans, the just the Kawhi stands, are going to say he doesn't help Kawhi at all. He actually hurts him because of the spacing. But Paul George, everybody knows that Russ makes helps Paul George and, and gets the best out of him. Point is, you know, with the whole fast pace thing, I think there is reasonable doubt to say that Kawhi Leonard playing at a fast pace for the duration of the season is not the best move for his body even though Paul George likes it. But then there was, you know, seeing him early in the season get steals and sprinting and getting open transition threes. And I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Kawhi can do this. But now it's going to be James Harden ball. And Russell Westbrook didn't necessarily do himself any favors to help the argument yesterday with his two for nine shooting overall. And, you know, Russ is very much a rhythm guy. And I was a little worried about the fact that he only got one stint in the first half. So he only had one stint. He didn't come back in the game in the first half. And then overall in the game, he only got 17 minutes of play. 
So going from getting 28, 30 minutes a game to getting 17, that's tough. Thankfully, the Clippers, you know, still were able to rally and had a very solid third quarter. Kawhi Leonard was really, really much better in the second half, especially the third quarter. He came out super aggressive, nine points on three for six shooting. And then in the fourth quarter, Paul George started getting going. That buzzer-beating shot, shout out to Norman Powell, made the steal, fed it to Paul George for three at the end of the third to beat the clock. That gave the Clippers some momentum going into the fourth. And I have to say that, Norman Powell playing the entire fourth quarter, I did not expect. And you know why he's out there, to space the floor. And even though he didn't shoot very well in this game, 3 for 10, it didn't feel like that at the game. It felt like he was still a threat off the ball, and that's exactly why he's out there. Terrence Mann only playing 17 minutes. Very interesting in the fourth quarter, I should say. Very interesting. P.J. Tucker played more than him in the fourth, which I didn't necessarily like. Paul George played the whole fourth quarter. He was 2 for 6, 5 points. And then Kawhi was also two for six in the fourth with six points. So both of them, two for six in the fourth. I'd have to say James Harden was our star in the fourth. I mean, the Clippers shot 38.5% in the fourth quarter. That's that's no good. If you actually take away Vitsa Zubats and just go with the big four in the fourth, they were six for 19. So not very good. But if it's a Zubats... Actually, was probably the best player in the fourth. Six points, four rebounds, one assist, and a block. He had his best sequence of the season where he blocked Shingoon and then dunked it on the other end over his head and had those nice finishes from James Harden at the end while also playing good defense. And by the way, it was, if it's a Zubat's highest played for, like most minutes he's gotten in the fourth quarter since the 2021-22 season. So after not getting minutes in the fourth against Denver, he had the best fourth quarter he's had in God knows how long. So great to see. Maybe, just maybe, that can give Ivica Zubac the confidence that he needs going forward to play at an even higher level. Clippers outscored the Rockets 31-27 in the third, and then by four again in the fourth, 27-23, to win it 106-100 to and break the Houston Rockets' six-game winning streak and also break their own six-game losing streak and five with James Harden. As far as Zubats in the game, 12 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, and 2 blocks on 6 for 8 shooting. He missed both of his free throws, which was frustrating because everybody was missing free throws at that time. He played 35 minutes, which is pretty high for Zoo, and he was a plus 12 in those minutes, so very solid game from him. And then Paul George, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Also turned the ball over three times, as I mentioned earlier. Efficiency, great from three, four for 10. Three for three from the line, but eight for 22 overall, which isn't great. 40 minutes played, though, so wow. Paul George giving us everything there. Norman Powell played 30 minutes, 13 more than Russell Westbrook. And coming up, going to talk about the whole Russell Westbrook situation, his body language and reaction towards the end of the game, and the decision for him to come off the bench. Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Game Time. Game Time is the best place to get the best last minute tickets, last minute deals on tickets. If you need to get a ticket for Friday's game against Houston and you don't know if you can go to last minute, well, Game Time is the place to be. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the 
best place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for any sport, even concerts. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Just download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So the Clippers winning at 106 to 100, getting James Harden's first win as an LA Clipper and a game winner. What incredible fashion to do it in. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I just want to give him a shout out so far. Knock on wood. And this wood so far that I've been knocking on has worked. 11 games in? No injuries so far. You got to love it. I mean, every single home game, I've been treated to seeing Kawhi and Paul George in Clipper jerseys. And that is an amazing sight for a Clipper fan. Just, you know, just perspective. We have these guys on our team. And we haven't been able to enjoy them playing on the court together much at home over the last four years. We haven't. So it's great to see it. And now you have two other stars and big names you see on a nightly basis. So it's just, the, the stars are out in full effect. I would love to just put all their resumes together and see how many all-star, all-NBA they have. I mean, it's just unbelievable. This is the LA Clippers. For anybody that's been a fan as long as me or longer, like, we still got to, even though we're 4-7, and seven, like, let's take it back and just realize what we have in front of us. It's, 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 it's insane. 2019-20, Kawhi and Paul George have come together. Harden and Westbrook have come together. And imagine selling someone in four years, they're all going to play together. Oh, oh, my God. But let's talk about it, right? The news came out early on Friday morning, reported first by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, that Russell Westbrook had volunteered to come off the bench. My initial reaction was, damn, I wish it was Harden, but now we got a chance to win it all again. I'm serious. I'm serious, people. My whole hesitation, yeah, I didn't want to trade for James Harden because I thought it would be a little complicated and I'm not a huge fan of his personal game, but part of why I didn't want it was because I heard, and I wasn't the only one because Andrew Greif, Law Murray, these Clipper beat writers said that Westbrook is not coming off the bench. Ty Lue is not going to put him on the bench. Literally a couple weeks before, honestly a week before it happened, that, that report came out. So I had been told by people that Westbrook is not coming off the bench. And of course, I just assumed Harden's not going to come off the bench. So just like they started, I thought that's what would be the case, that they were going to play all four together. And in my opinion, that had no chance of winning a ring. None. But... Moving one of the bench, I think we got a chance. However, if you want my honest opinion, we need a move uh, for this roster just to make us better defensively and on the glass, make, give us more size. We got too many guards right now. We need more size, more athleticism on the wings because we're asking too much of Paul George and Kawhi defensively, even with Terrence Mann starting. Because Harden, it's a defensive downgrade from Russ, there's no doubt. And Russ is going to be getting less minutes, so let's keep talking about that. So my point is, I was really happy to hear the news. Even though I wanted Harden on the bench for various reasons, it's okay. It's not a big deal to me. As long as one went to the bench, I'm fine with it. Because now the balance is so much better. So Clipper Nation, if you're wondering how I'm feeling about the team, a lot better. A lot better. This was needed. I'm happy it happened after five games. But let's talk about how it happened. 
So initially, hearing that he volunteered, everybody was like, oh my God, what a guy. The fact that he recognized this, he took one for the team, even though he didn't need to with the way he was playing. The early sample size showed the numbers. Did not favor Russell Westbrook going to the bench, but he did it, you know, and, and that says a lot about Russ. And everybody was saying, like the, the Russ fans were saying, yeah, he did it because that's what happens when he, a franchise values him. Unlike the Lakers, where they asked him to come off the bench, this is him volunteering. Now, of course, the Laker fans and skeptics around the league are going to say that he, it's a PR stunt, right? That, you know, the, the Clippers are going to bench him and they're letting him report it this way so he doesn't look like he's getting benched. And that's very possible. But here's my hesitation, right? Ty Lu has preached pushing pace all, all training camp. He made them run so much more. And that's because of Russell Westbrook. That's not because Kawhi and Paul want to play super fast. That's because of Westbrook, Bones, Highland, Terrence Mann. And then for him to say, you know, uh, the, the article that Law released for The Athletic said that Ty Lue's wanted to play with pace. But the front office and Ty Lue have not seen eye to eye. And, and I said that last year so many times to you, didn't I? And it seems like it's still a thing. Because if I, I'm not 100% if Ty Lue was really, really all in on Westbrook being point guard one. But the way he practiced in training camp was a Russell Westbrook-led style. And now it's James Harden ball. And here's why I'm hesitant on the fact that Ty Lue made this call. It took him 30-plus games he didn't even bench Reggie Jackson. He got strong-armed by the front office. It took him 50-plus to bench Marcus Morris. Does he have the chutzpah, as my, one of some of my old teachers used to say, to bench Russell Westbrook through five games when he repeatedly said, nah, no one's going to the bench. We're going to try to make this all work? I don't know. It could be the front office coming in and saying, look, Ty, we brought in James. Russ is on a minimum contract. James is our guy, and he's not being maximized right now. Well, if, 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 if what it takes to maximize him is for him to start and Westbrook to come off the bench, that's what we're going to have to do. And the story said, you know, it wasn't just Law Murray. It was Andrew Greif for the LA Times said that Russell Westbrook texted Kawhi on Thursday morning saying, whatever you need me to do to help the team win, I'll do. And then all the players showed up and saw him at practice in a white jersey, which is for the reserves. Let me just say this. Judging by Russ's reaction towards the end of the game. I know a lot of people were making a big deal out of how long it took him to get up after James Harden made his shot. And at first, I didn't think it was a big deal. And I was just keeping my eye on the bench all fourth quarter. He barely stood up. It wasn't like the Toronto Raptors game last year where he was benched in the end and he was still super excited. When Harden made that shot, everyone stood up before him. It felt like, oh, people are looking at me. I got I got to clap. It's tough. You know, I want the Clippers to win, but I also think that keeping everyone happy is the best. You know, you don't see teams win a championship where rotation players are not happy and not getting the most out of themselves. And when I say, I'm talking championship, winning it all, not, not coming up short, not going to the finals and losing, teams that win. Like, for example, look at the, the Warriors and the Nuggets, these last two champions, even Milwaukee. What player in their rotation was not being maximized? Because everybody was getting the most out of everybody, right? Everybody was in their perfect role. I really don't know if Russell Westbrook is a great backup point guard. Maybe he needs to play with Kawhi and Paul George to be successful at this stage of his career. I don't know. 
I don't think that Ty Lue playing Harden and, and Russ together, though, for any time makes sense. There was too many open threes that Russ was forced to take, and we just don't need that. We just don't need it, and I feel like with Harden, he's more encouraged to shoot him. So not a fan of that, but it's something to keep an eye on. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but it's absolutely going to be a storyline, and it could be a distraction at this point. I feel really sorry for Russ, but I also don't in the sense that Look, everyone tells me Russ has no power to push back on Harden because he's not he's on a minimum contract. That may be true. I'm not saying he could prevent a trade. But the reports weren't that anybody was resistant to it. It was that Russ is down. And I'm sorry, but if he was down fully without any pushback, without any pushback, then he has nobody to blame because the writing was on the wall. The writing was on the wall that they wouldn't work well together anymore. So it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. I want to see the Clippers win. I want all four of them to be maximized, but I don't know how that's possible. If It could just be one game and Russ is going to play better uh, going forward, but 17 minutes, the floor spacing that Ty Lue likes, if James Harden continues to play really well, which he's only going to play better. It's James Harden. He's still a really good player. It's going to be tough for Russ. Eight points, three boards, two assists for Brody in just 17 minutes on two for nine shooting and two for six from three, two for four from the lines. Just not very good shooting splits. thought he played some pretty good D, though. P.J. Tucker had a donut, and he was a minus 24, the team's worst by far. So we've got to limit his minutes. But that's it for me in this episode. Let me know what you think. Congrats to James Harden for getting the win. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, to see the game winner in person, fans' reaction, and more. Peace, and have a great weekend. We're back against San Antonio on Monday.